going to dismiss our children's ministry. I love it. All right, been thinking I'm going to give another opportunity, but I can tell, I can see your minds just moving. So look, we're talking on vision, where this is part three, and building one another up in unity, and we're talking about vision this week. I hit on it last week a little bit, but this week we're talking about how to bring about vision in our family, in our church. How do you, how do, you do that? I mean, does vision just appear? Uh, now, what do I mean by vision? I mean, something that you can tangibly see that God desires for you, for your family, for the church. And it's something that God really wants to give everyone, really, and especially those that believe. So we're going to dive right in, for lack of a better way to say it, and we look at this right there. Building each other up, we're in First Thessalonians 5.11, if we'll turn there, together. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. We were there last week. I'm going to expound on it a little bit more this week. While you're turning there, I want to share 1 Corinthians 10.31. It says this, Therefore, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. All right, so whatever you what? Whatever you, what's that word? Or whatever you, does that cover it pretty much? Okay, I know, I know, but serious, as we look at really desiring to look at what God wants for our life, you know, we look at what Scripture says, what the Bible says, what the Spirit of God says, what God tells us, and he just says, you know, look, I just, I just want your life. You know, I, I want you to be able to see clearly what I have for you. God God doesn't have these secrets. Now, the Bible does speak of a mystery, that there's a mystery in, in salvation, because salvation, as it's given, is the, the gospel. Um, some will say it's the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the gospel is that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The gospel is, if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, then I will be saved. The gospel is that God loved us so much that he wanted to show to us his love. And so he sent his one and only son. Now, who here has ever heard this story before? Raise your hand. If you've ever heard this story. If you come to this church, you hear it every single Sunday. There's not a Sunday you do not hear it. Why? Because that's where it all begins is, is God's love. It all begins there. And anything that we do outside of God's love is a great fade into whatever, the world, into trying to have relationships that struggle, and actually into a lack of vision for our lives, for our church. Therefore, when, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do to the glory of God. If we really set our mind and hearts on just that, our whole lives would radically change. They would. That alone could be a vision statement for our life. That scripture right there could be a vision statement. So building each other up, part three. As we look at this, we're looking at vision for our life is birthed from God's love. So we only can get true vision from God and from his love. We really only can. Sometimes we think we can get it from other places and we can learn it. And, but, but true vision only comes 
from God's love. Vision for our life is birthed in God's love. And then God's love is expressed through us when we glorify him. So the very love that God has put into me, created in his image, now I have the opportunity to express that love. And when I do, I glorify him. And it seems kind of simple, if, if you will. I mean, it seems like, well, of course, you know, how, but how does that play out? And so we keep going. When we think and speak the same things, we have unity. So God's vision is birthed in me through his love. God's love is expressed when we glorify him. And when we glorify him together, whether it's a church body, a family, uh, relationships, whatever the case may be, when we glorify him together, it brings unity. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, no matter how close you are to one another, you're always going to have struggles. You're always going to have a battle. Miss Trish and I, last July, last July, this past July, right, 16th, 42 years of marriage. And we never had one argument, never had one fight, never had, oh, <laughs> no matter how close we are, there's struggles. And that's because of our sin nature. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, you could you could have uh, what you think is the most perfect relationship in the entire world. We're going to have struggles. And so we we, especially since 1992, as I first was a born-again believer, 91, thank you. Since 1991, well, eternity, you know, eternity's long. Uh, but seriously, when my eyes and my heart went to Christ and went to his word, the more I learned and the more I understood, the more our marriage grew deeper in a kind of love I didn't even know. I mean, I, I, mean, I loved Trish prior to being saved, um, at first, it was just wow. <laughs> she was like a fox, you know. And then, and then it was like um, I loved her personality, and I, I wanted to get to know her, and I did. And our first date was the movie Jaws, and it was awesome. And she was so scared, she just wrapped her. No, not really. <laughs> I better quit. <laughs> um, but it really was the movie Jaws. And you know. Um, I think I think it would be fair to say I like I had a soulish attachment to her, you know. Like you know, you hear the soulmates. You hear the saying soulmates. I'm not even saying that's a bad thing, I, you know, because we we have a soul. We you know we have a spirit. We have a soul. We have a body. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but we definitely were soulmates. But you know what? As we grew in our marriage, guess what I did? I worked seven days a week, and we had a great marriage. Um, I, I worked nights, she worked days. We never saw each other for three years. It was crazy stuff. And so every time we did have an opportunity to come together, it was, it was like a celebration. It was almost like a honeymoon every time we got together because it's just like, ah. But my point is, we, we loved one another and fell in love with one another. But when Christ came into my life first, all of a sudden I understood there was a love that was birthed in me that really helped me to understand real love. And then as Trish was saved five months after me, and we started putting God first in our life. Now, did our, was, is our life perfect to this day? No, it's still not perfect. Do we still have arguments? Once in a while, Trish still wants to start something. But I'm just seeing if you're listening. That's all. I'm just seeing. But yeah, yeah. 
But, you know, the bottom line is um, all of a sudden that love that was birthed in me gave me vision. And you can ask my wife. You can ask my daughters. All of a sudden, I started seeing the world a little bit differently. And I started to say, look, I don't want our eyes as a family to go on this kind of junk. Maybe that's bad. That's evil. That is not good for you. That doesn't put a love in your heart, but that might put other things into your heart. And, and things started to change little by little. Because it was a different kind of love. And we put God first in it. When we have a big problem, when something arises, I'm not saying it's fixed instantly. But I am saying the mediator is the word of God. And ultimately, this is what decides our future. It, it really, really is. Vision brings a common purpose, peace and joy for today. And we kind of talked about this. So I'm not going to reiterate everything you know, because some of these words, they're English words that are translated properly. But, it, you know, vision brings a common purpose, and purpose is to glorify God. You know, it's just not any purpose. And it brings a peace, but it's a peace that surpasses all of our understanding. It's not just the peace. It's not just like, well, I feel good about this today. You know, we're good. You know, I love it. I love it. I ask people all the time, how you doing? Uh, we're good. You know, no worries. That's, I love it. No worries. Go, man, I wish I had that life. You know, I was kind of like, no worries. Are you serious? Do you really have no worries? Uh, yeah, no worries. Uh, awesome. Awesome. And then a joy. And that's not necessarily a ha-ha joy. It's, it's a joy that's deep. And it's a joy that only comes when we know and have a peace with God. That no matter what happens, he's there. I'm not saying we never are anxious. I'm not saying we never are mad. I'm not saying we never are sad. I'm just saying that it's God's desire that he gets such a vision for our life in him that we rest in him that we're comfortable in him. We feel safe knowing he's in our life. And then challenges are, challenges are quickly corrected. And for the most part, you know, even if this is something, even today you're experiencing something in a relationship or a struggle or whatever the case may be. Um, what I'm saying here is, again, this might not be an overnight. God's not a genie. But I am saying that when we have his peace, we have his word, we have his spirit, we have his joy, and we're seeking his word, and we're living out his vision to glorify him. And the answers we look to is found in his word, for he's the final decision. And all of a sudden, we're in a place where things get corrected much, much sooner. And with clarity. And then we become more sensitive to God's leading. This is where, if you will, all this has come about right here. We become more sensitive to God's leading. And while we're asking, what are you seeing God doing in your lives, working all around you. I'm telling you, he is, even in the biggest mess of things, even if you think there's no way God's here, oh, he's there because he's everywhere. And he desires to engage this world in a ministry, and it's a ministry that's called reconciliation, taking sinful man that has fallen away from God, separated from his holiness, we are holy, separated from him, back to him. That's that's tough. This morning, none of you know, mostly, but the power went out, 8.15, no power. And so at first you just kind of go, oh, okay, you know, call the power company and no AC. And so then 9 o'clock rolls around and 9.30, no power. So 
we start sitting around going, okay, what are we going to sing a cappella? Well, how are we going to set up the picnic tables outside? How are we going to rearrange the entire morning to fit no power? And people were starting to say, well, pray that that power comes back. Now, I'm just going to be transparent. You know I'm transparent. I'm going to be transparent. I didn't respond because I didn't want someone that was saying pray for power to come back to misunderstand me. But we're sitting there. We're talking one-on-one. We're not all busy work. Not that it's bad, but it's not all busy setting up, getting the, 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 the worship team ready, doing this, doing that, doing that. We had no power. So we're just sitting in the cafe talking and talking about church and talking about what can we sing because we don't have any power and we can sing holy 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 and we can and and how can we just how can we just do simple things I was praying that power wouldn't come back on so I don't know how that works but because you know what if you want to find vision I'm telling you I, I believe this to be totally true be still and know that I'm God as a church, we need to be still. As a family, we need to be still. And we get so caught up in stuff. And again, not that a worship time's bad or, or music. It's all good. I love it. But I had a little glimpse, an object lesson that God always gives me. Just He just seems to put it in my lap. For how much better would it be maybe just for one time shut everything down and we just kind of gather up and talk, get to know one another. How are you doing? How do you feel? What kind of music do you like? You know? And sometimes it just, you, you, you come together in, in, in church or maybe in your family. And what's, how's that going? Maybe, I'm not trying to be critical, but even in our families, we have a tendency not to eat together, not to talk together. And, you know, we got our cell phones. And where's my cell phone? Oh, my. Oh, Miss Trish has it. Okay, be honest. You ever, you ever somewhere, you ever sit down somewhere and your cell phone, your cell phone vibrates, but it's not on you? I don't know how that works. Well, Ryan and I can relate. I don't know. That's, that's crazy stuff right there. First Thessalonians 5.11. Let's read this together. It says this, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. We ask you brothers, and I'm going to keep reading. We ask your brothers to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in the love because of their work. Be at peace among yourself. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Have you ever asked yourself, what is God's will for your life? Who has ever asked that question sometime in your life? What is God's will for my life? And you know, as a congregation, as a church, we've talked about that many times. That as we be saved, it's found in John 6, 40, for this is the will of God, that whoever looks upon the Son of God and believes in him shall be saved. It all begins with the heart of God. That's his will. Pastor Tony, you keep saying that almost every Sunday. I know. Because if we don't get that, we don't understand that, we're not reminded about that, 
you know what? We'll never get vision for our family, for the, for the church. It won't happen. And here we have a scripture that says, verse 16, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God. Now watch this. Through Christ Jesus. Look at me a minute. Do you see why I keep coming back to this place over and over and over again? It's through Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's his love and his grace that has offered us a place to be heirs of a living God. And even that could be hard to grab in our distractions and things of life. I mean, come on, is it not true? I mean, I'm, again, I'm reminded this morning, it's not that we're, we, we're spazzy on Sunday morning and that we're just like little ants, you know, we're just scurrying everywhere. I mean, I, 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 don't, don't misunderstand me, but, but when that power went out, all of a sudden, we couldn't do the things that we normally do. And all of a sudden, it threw us into a time of relationship and talking and laughing together. I, I, we got to have those times. We have to have those times. So in everyday life, if you break it down, verse 12, respect those who labor among you and admonish you. Be at peace among yourselves, verse 13. Admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, and help the weak. So in everyday life, these are the things that God is saying. Do these things. Do these things. This is what I want for your life. Be patient with them all. How many? With them. All of what? All, what is all? All of what? Is that people? Is that? What do you think? It's everything. It's not only people. It's be patient in your respect, in your peace. When you admonish someone, when you build them up, when you encourage them, when you help someone, be patient with them all. Being an encourager, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil. You want vision for your family, for your church. You want to be patient. You want to understand what God's doing. You want to see God working around you. And the bottom line is, this right here is big. See that no one. And that's just not yourself. If there's someone that you know that you can speak into their life and they're entering into something that's not right, Speak into their life. And when you do, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil. As we look at that scripture right there in verse 15, that one thing right there is what will take us away from any vision God will give you or your family. Any peace. I mean, it's like a, it like steals it away. When all of a sudden, instead of God's love in your heart, you have, how can I get even with this person? Right? Come on. Seek to do good to one another. And that seek is active. Again, it's kind of like looking for what God's doing around you in your life. That's what it's like. You're actually seeking it. You don't just go, you know, Pastor Tony said, God, you're working all around my life. And I sure you are. But you know what? Right now, I got to get to work and I got to do this and I got to do that. And by the way, Facebook is calling me. I hear it. Uh. And the next thing you know, we don't seek to do good. For others, we seek to do good for me because now it's time to eat. And I want my favorite food. This is God's will for your life. Rejoice always. How many times is that? 
Is it possible to rejoice in everything? Kind of a trying to kind of a trick question. I, I know, but it, you know, the question is: Is it possible to rejoice in everything? Yes, if we take God's word at heart, it's a constant reminder. But if if God's word is not constantly in front of me, I'm reading it, I'm, I'm meditating on it. You, you understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you, this week, this has come to my mind many, many times. This morning, I'm going. I'm going to rejoice in that. The electric went out. I'm going to rejoice in that. And I'm not. I'm not trying to be silly. I'm not. I, I mean that. You know what, what? What does it mean to rejoice in something that's going on? It just means to thank God and to say, you know what? It is what it is. And God knows. Pray without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing? Again, it's that constant interaction with knowing that God loves you, that you're His. You're in his word. And when circumstances happen in life or people come into your life or around your life, you're constantly going, God bless them. God, I want what you have for me today. And it's, it, it just becomes a part of who you are in him. As natural, if you will, or more natural, but as a, as a way to explain it, as Trish and I, being married 42 years, yes, we do absolutely finish each other's sentences. And then a lot of times she try, she tells, she, she didn't try, she tells me what my sentences are before I even say them. And I just go ahead and shake my head. I go, I knew one day we'd be here. Give thanks in how many circumstances? All circumstances. For this is the will of God, verse 18. And it's awesome to see. I still don't have a clock back there. I don't have my phone on my hip. We're going to be here all day. It's like, I love it. It's like a dream come true for a pastor. It's neat. Oh, the time's on the, okay, shoot. He just pointed out the time's on the screen. Thank you. I appreciate that. How to be an encourager. Who here would say you feel like you're an encourager? Who here, I mean, you know. Okay. Who who here would say um, you have people in your life that encourage you? Isn't that awesome? We all want to be encouraged. And when we encourage others, normally we're very blessed. We, we feel blessed, you know. So how to be an encourager. Do not quench the spirit. When you know God is speaking into your life, respond to him. Now, I don't mean emotion. I mean his word. For example, this is the will of God. Be prayerful, right? So, so, so we're responding to that. I'm not talking about emotionally responding, but when the Spirit of God reveals to you His Word, don't quench it. Don't just go, okay, I don't have time for that right now. But one day, you know. So let me just say say this one thing. Do you think because I'm a, a pastor, I'm in the Word more than most of you? What do you think? It's okay. It's not a trick question. I, I would think than most, right? But what about my personal time with God in the Word? Do you think I'm in the, I'm the Word more than you personally? Why would you say that? Why would you, why would you say yes? Because I'm a pastor? I got to tell you something. It's kind of interesting to, to know that as a pastor... I'm in the, I am in the Word a lot. I'm in a whole lot. But as a person, as an individual, 
I'm no different than you. Even being a pastor can distract me from personal devotion to God. I'm telling you, I'm no different. And maybe in some ways, I might be, it might be a little harder for me since I'm in the Word so much. Hear what I'm saying? To where a lot of us, when we have busy lives, and which I understand, well, you know, work and family and all this stuff going on, and you struggle to find time to be in God's Word, you struggle to find time to pray. I struggle to find time to be in devotion to Him. Now, I don't know if that rocks some of your boat or not, or if that saying even makes sense today. The older I get and I say little sayings, people go, what? <laughs> Younger people say, rock your boat? What does that mean? You got a boat, Pastor Tony? <laughs> no. That ship has sailed. <laughs> we want vision for our life and for our church. We've got to be in the Word of God. We've got to not only be in it, but we've got to let Him speak to us. And I, I kind of, in a sense, pray that all of our lights go out. I mean, I don't mean in a bad way. But if, but if you and your family or whatever you're trying to walk through in life or even church, you know, if we're just doing or you're just doing life as normal and if you wake up, you do life, you go to sleep, you wake up, you do life, you go to sleep, then I pray your lights go out. And, and, and I don't mean that to hurt you or I don't mean that in a bad way. But praise God, the lights went out this morning. It, got, it just gave me that glimpse. I know I keep going back to it, but it just did. It just, I just went, you know, for today, God, can we just not have lights? Can we just kind of meet outside? Can we just kind of talk? I mean, we'll, we'll get an acoustic guitar app on our phone. We'll do something. But the lights came on. So we praise God. Do not despise prophecies. Do not despise the word of God. Test how many things? Everything. Hold fast to what is good. Who has something good in your life? God. Awesome. We're very interactive this morning. I really appreciate that. And for the few of you that are not putting your hands up, I'm keeping track of you. When something is good and we praise God for it, we're thankful. He says, grab it. It doesn't just mean like, you know, he doesn't just mean like grab it. It means grab it and hold on to it. Because it is good. And it's God-given in his heart for you. And when you hold on to something with that kind of vigor, with that kind of strength, with that kind of understanding that, that God has given it to you, you know what? Quite frankly, it's catchy. It's catchy to your to your children, to those that are around you in your life, to your church. Can you imagine if we had a church? And well, I mean, I want to be careful here because I'm not saying. But but can you can you still imagine if every Sunday we just came up here and the singers went, um, yeah, praise God, and then and I I I'm going to preach, and so you know we're 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 taking the word of God, and I, I just want you guys to know that you know um, I'm sorry we had to be here this morning. And um, no, 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 no. We're to encourage one another. And we're blessed to be here this morning. And it's awesome. So hold fast to those good things. Because you know what? God is good. Hold fast. Hold fast. Grab it. <laughs> Abstain from how many forms of evil? How many? Here's the biggest problem 
what's evil? We're in a culture today, it's a little muddy, right? So how do you know when something's evil? Is it because Trish says it is? Well, mainly, she says, yeah. But because, because Phyllis says it's evil, Angel is. Well, how do we know when something's evil? Come on, how do we know? By the Word of God, yeah? And it's only by the Word of God. And so again, while we're in, as we are in the Word of God, we're allowing the Spirit to reveal its truth to us, and we're creating and understanding the vision that God has given to us, and give it, meaning it's, it, it might not even, who here, let me say it like this, who here, and it's okay, I would expect it would be very few, kind of, you know, say that, who here feels like you have a vision for your life given by God? Who here? Okay, awesome. And I wouldn't think many would raise their hand because, because the norm is not. Why do you think I'm, I'm preaching this? Why do, you, why do you think God's put this in my heart to speak? Because the, the norm is not. So here we go. The God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless. So what about you? Who here woke up this morning with a pretty good idea what you're going to do? Okay, you're here in church. Okay. Okay, who knows pretty much what you're going to do tomorrow? Okay. How about next week? Oh, fewer and fewer hands. Okay, okay. How about next month? Okay. How about next year? How about next five years? That's cool. Can I ask you what? (laughs) How old are you? You're doing awesome. How old are you? Fourteen? Oh, 12. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. 12 years old, and you know what you're going to do five years from now? That's, that's like, really cool. I want to hear your story. You do too? Ah. Next 10 years. Next whatever. Hey, I got <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Woohoo! I love that. Yeah. Yes. She's, uh, Miss Phyllis says, I get to I'll see my Bobby, which her husband had passed on to be with the Lord right now. You know, God wants to give us vision. And the thing is, though, here's the thing. Vision is a daily journey, not something to be achieved, but something to be. If we want vision, God-given vision, it can't be about Tomorrow. I mean, don't misunderstand me. We we prepare, we count the cost. You know, it's not like tomorrow doesn't exist, but are we promised tomorrow? No. And so real vision is, is a daily journey. It's not about today. It's not about tomorrow because, you know, the hands are going up, different people, different things, and I, and I understand that. You know, I'm, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow, but you start stretching out. And you know, I don't know what, what's going to happen. I don't, I don't really have vision for that. Well, God wants to give us vision, every single one, a clarity of who we are in him. I mean that. But it's a daily journey. That God would give me vision for today. And guess what? The vision, my vision is the same for tomorrow. The be, I'm, I'm, being, I'm, I'm being as transparent as I can here. I've come to a place where I'm not perfected. But hear me out. My vision doesn't change 10 years from now. My vision doesn't, I'm serious, it doesn't change a month from now, a year from now, a 10 years from now. It doesn't change. My vision 
is to work out my salvation growing closer to Christ every day with one purpose to glorify him and a ministry of reconciliation as I work out his word in my life and minister to those around the globe or whatever the case may be. My vision doesn't change. Circumstance try to change it. Relationships try to change it. Things try to change it. But we need a vision that doesn't change, and that's God. God doesn't change. And thank you, Aurora. I love her. She amens me every, almost every Sunday. So on your, you have a handout in your worship guide. And I kind of wanted to spell it out. You know, I wanted us to think about this, not just leave and maybe some will look at your paper, some won't. So just a couple minutes, let's all look at this paper. And it says, God, I desire vision for what? In your life. I mean, only you can answer that. And it's probably more than one thing. But I desire vision for what? And then your words say I will glorify you by what? Living out my salvation. Your word says I'll glorify you by what? It's as you read the word of God. It's, it's different things. By not stealing. By not cursing. By being thankful. By, by rejoicing. By praying. You, you get it? Okay. I will start today. When? Is that possible? Take deep breath. Now hold it until something comes to mind that you're going to start today. Don't you breathe until you have something. Ask God what you can do today. To understand more of the vision he has for your life. I, I, come on, don't, don't leave this morning until you do that. Don't. I'm, I'm serious. It doesn't have to be this grander thing. It, just the simplest thing sometimes God just rejoices. He desires that. Just, just one little simple thing. You know, God, today I want clear vision for my family. I want clear vision for my son, my daughter, How to respond to this or to do that. And then it says, read First Thessalonians 5.11 through, uh, that's supposed to be 21. It's supposed to be 5.1 through 20. That's, uh, that's like, I flipped it around, turned it around, and I have no clue. But it's what we did today. And then write a vision statement. And... Write a vision statement, and I put an example vision statement on that paper. If you didn't get one, make sure you get one before you leave. And I put an example vision statement on that paper and how, how that can work out. We need to have vision. Dads, you need a vision for your family. Moms, serious. You need a God-given vision, not just a vision, but a God-given one. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're a widow, whether you're a widower, whether you're young, whether you're old, I need to talk to you guys. You got a five-year plan and you're like 12 years old. I love it. And, you know, quite frankly, I believe it. (laughs) They they seem so well-rounded. We don't have to have all the answers. Just the ones God gives us. That's what we want. That's what we desire. Amen? Okay. So we're going to still talk about what God's doing around us, and we're going to look, and we're going to watch, and we're going to pray. 
because he's at work all around us, and he wants us to get in on what he's doing. And the reason why is because he's given us a ministry of reconciliation, meaning because I'm a born-again believer, I've come to a place where I've repented of my sin, I've asked Jesus, or I put, I should say, I put my trust in Jesus Christ and what he's done for me. And I know it doesn't make sense, quite frankly. The Bible says that the gospel is foolishness to those who don't believe. When I first heard about Jesus, I had no clue what I was hearing. But the word of God and the spirit of God revealed to me the truth. I was a sinner separated from him. And I had a choice to make. Will I turn from living life my way? Which I need to do every day, by the way. (laughs) But one thing I don't need to do is get saved every day. Because once I made that decision, I'm not going to live life my way. I want to put my trust in you, Jesus. Because I believe that God loved me so much. He sent you. You paid the penalty for my sin. I don't understand it all, but I certainly receive it right now. I believe it to be true. And he came into my life. Who did? Jesus did. You know we're spiritual beings. I know sometimes it seems like weird. But the spirit of Christ literally dwells in me. The Bible says, my spirit that which, which was once dead in trespass and sin is now be made alive by Christ because I put my trust in him. Literally, his spirit has now come and, and dwells me. And we're spiritual beings. I, sometimes for some of you, you might be thinking, what? But it's true. And that's why I want his vision for my life. I want it for, for my family. I want it for my wife. I want it for my two daughters, my two grandchildren, two son-in-laws. I want it for the church family. It's real. God is real. He is holy. Okay. We're going to receive our offering if the ushers would come forward. Who knows why we receive offering? Does anyone? Why do we receive offering? To do God's work. Yeah. Yeah, because he said so. It's interesting. I don't know if it's the, well, I shouldn't make fun like that. I was going to say like it's the King James Version, thou shall, you know, but I I don't mean it like to be. Yeah. He says that when we come together as a family that we're to give of our first fruits. And it's not really, like really ultimately all about money. It's about ourselves. I'm serious. Because if it was just about money, then really, go home. I mean, I mean, don't go home. But you understand? Serious. Because it, it, our heart is nowhere in the right place. We need to be joyful. We need to be thankful for what? For what God is doing in our life. Yeah. So, Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to give and to receive uh, this offering this morning unto you. I pray and acclaim in Jesus' name. Amen. May God's vision be with you. May you be